Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. This is the 2021 Mid-Atlantic Cicada Podcast. My name is Rob Snow White, and yes, that is my real last name. If this is your first time tuning in, I teach people to catch fish with fly rods that they're going to then throw back in. This is my account of my third Brute X emergence in Northern Virginia. My first one was when I was 10, and then I was like 23, and now I'm 44. You can do the math if you want to figure out if I got that correct or not. So I try to document this with the sounds and some videos as it happened for friends like Phil Middleton over in England that doesn't live here or our friends down in Australia who might not have Brudex. They got crazy mouse problems right now, but no cicadas. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you that I don't always go out and catch a huge fish. I don't have a photographer that follows me for all the glory shots. It's just going to be me and a microphone walking around, just me. And I went out today looking for snakeheads and carp, and I had on the same cicada fly that I've been fishing for the last at least three weeks. I cut it off and put on a frog in the parking lot, and I get out there and I'm waiting in Washington, D.C. in one of my secret spots, and I end up snagging my fly on a rock, and I break my eight weight. So that eight weight's done. But as I'm walking back, I end up finding about a $1,000 kayak that washed down river. Obviously, it wasn't left there by somebody. It was full of rainwater, no footprints around it, and the handle T-bar was facing down. It was not dragged up the bank. And then I went wandering some more, and way upstream, even higher up in the high tide mark, I found a paddle. So I brought those home. I had one bungee cord, and I used some 30-pound mono to secure it to my roof. Got to Walmart about eight miles away, bought a strap, and now I've got myself a new 11-foot red kayak. If you're missing a red kayak, you better get a hold of me quickly because I'm either going to take it out or I'm going to sell it. And I don't know if some of the recordings made it. And I don't know if the snakehead incident recorded or not. But that may have been one of the craziest, coolest things that's ever happened to me. I ended up running down a snakehead on a trail. This snakehead was cruising at the surface like a three-foot-long to almost four-foot-long sea serpent. And I kept putting the fly right on it and the amount of adrenaline rushing through me. Snakeheads to me are the epitome of fish in DC and running and consistently casting right in front of this fish was just one of the craziest things. You couldn't have made it up and I'm not going to convey how amazing it was in my words, even though that's what I do on this podcast, but take it from me. That may be the most exciting fishing I'm going to have this year alone. 
I didn't get all of the landings and crash landings of the cicadas on film. Just it's kind of hard to catch that. But when they do crash, they look like the greatest American hero landing on the water. They don't know the difference between water and grass or water and a mailbox or the roof of a car. These may be the dumbest bugs you will ever encounter. They fly into absolutely everything. They land on absolutely everything. They land on people. They land in your cars. They end up in your house. These cicadas are out here by the billions, and they were absolutely everywhere. And with them crash landing on the water, the local lake, I would roll cast with my shooting head out into these little coves where it sounded like bowling balls were dropping out of the sky. I don't know what if these were. Catfish, snakeheads, carp. Something was eating these fish on the surface, and it sounded like bowling balls dropping from the sky. It was crazy. We had a couple days of the most insane bird activity. Listen now. There's a couple of birds out, but there was one day when there was a myriad of birds in and around our house and neighborhood just going crazy. Birds are ripping the wings and legs off, eating the heads, eating the guts, eating the thorax. Just cicada carnage for the last month. Everywhere you went, you'd go into stores and there'd be wings. You would walk in your house, there'd be wings stuck to you. In bathrooms, on the pool deck. The pool alone was full of bugs. You were given one popsicle for every 10 cicadas you rescued from the water. And yes, I have a picture of me first in line to get a popsicle on a hot day pushing kids out of the way. They didn't say what age you had to be. And yes, cicadas do bite. One day I was doing some yard work and I turned on the electric leaf blower and they came at me. It was like that dude saying, don't tase me, bro, man. These cicadas swarmed me. They were flying at me. They were minding their own business. I turned on the leaf blower and they came to me. And one landed on my left middle finger right on the knuckle and dug his proboscis into me and took a bite. I don't know if it was out of anger, aggression, if it thought I was a tree and it could drink from me. Because that's what they're doing. They're sticking their proboscis and drinking some phloem out of the trees. And they're taking in 90% liquid and 10% sugar. So they have to expel all of that out. So they're going to be pissing from the trees. If you're under trees, you're going to be getting squirted on all day long. It's not dirty. It's going in them and right out. So it's not really that gross. I want to thank the Black Pumas for the trout book. If you don't listen to the Black Pumas, you want to check them out. Through them, I was given a whole bunch of recent trout books. So this is the cicada timeline that you're going to hear in a couple of minutes. 421, first cicada sighting. It was sticking its head out of a hole in the middle of the trail on Lake Royal. 426, holes start appearing around the side of our house. I start going out at night to see if they're emerging because we're seeing the skins in the morning, but nothing during the day. May 6, shucks start appearing around the base of the southern side of our house. We had a large tree cut down there last year. May 6, I go out after dark. Bugs are crawling out and headed towards the house. They are always going to climb up. It's geotrophism. I think it's positive geotrophism. If you go towards the ground, it's negative geotrophism when you climb up. You can turn a cicada upside down on your leg or a tree, and it'll always turn and go back up. May 7, first adult emerged. I take it and compare it to the ones I've been tying and realize mine are too wide, so I start slimming down the bodies. May 9th, few bugs are emerging, nothing crazy yet. It's definitely a minor conversation and peace. You're walking around, you're looking for them. I was walking around the school, buildings, the pool, looking for signs of cicada. 5-11, my kid starts to fill a bucket with skins. There's so many on the side of the house. May 13th, the grass in the front yard is covered in nymphs at sunrise. And then when we take the kid to school at 8-30, they're crawling up absolutely everything they can. Trees, rope hanging from the swing. If you got anything out that sticks up, cicadas are going to climb up it. May 13th, the first bugs start making noise. I have one climb up me onto my foot as I'm taking pictures and taking videos. May 14th, the yard is absolutely covered when I take the kid to school. The entire yard is crawling. If you don't focus your eyes, you start noticing absolutely every square inch has a cicada. They're all moving towards the tree and then up. We start walking to school. And the ground is covered. It's disgusting. We walk around the neighborhood. All the older trees have hundreds, if not thousands, of skins piled up at the base. 
May 8th on the way to school. Sidewalks are covered. Parts of the road are completely covered with the splats of them. Again, it looks like peanut butter. These turn black and are still on the road, staining a month later. You can see where large trees probably existed 17 years ago because cicadas are emerging on the base of telephone poles, but there's no tree around. Now I have to start walking in the street to avoid all the mass bodies all over the sidewalks. Still no sound, slight audible sound coming from the trees. May 20th, sidewalks and roads are completely covered. Splat marks over the entire asphalt and sections. My first day of fishing with cicada flies at the local lake. 523, I return from Rose River Farm. Don't hear anything on the drive up until I pull into the neighborhood and slow down and can hear them. Several sections of the street are covered in splat marks. Catch our first bass on a cicada fly that morning. 526, I find the first cicada with butt fungus. They are now starting to get loud. 527, I'm at the local fishing lake. I walk through the woods along the lake and there are holes every square inch. First mating pair spotted in a sunny patch. This was the day that I heard the monster fish out in the middle. This was the day I've never experienced more bugs be eaten by fish than any other time in my life. It was absolutely incredible being able to experience that. 6-3, start using a decibel reader. I get 79.4 on the back deck. The tree with the morning dove is absolutely full of them. 6-5, it's now deafening under the pool trees. We have two shade trees at the pool. The cicadas are swarming absolutely everywhere. There's going to be video of this on YouTube. They're peeing on everyone. Only the old people can sit under the trees. I have a buff folded six times over my ears, and then I start listening to Weekend Edition Saturday, and I've got earbuds in, and it's still too loud. I have to go and sit in the sun. 6-6, six, six, I catch my first bluegill on a cicada. It took four hours of fishing to catch that. 6-7, I missed the hook set on a very large bass fishing with the kid on another lake on a cicada. This was drifted underneath a boat. The cicadas are out about 30 feet off. They were beaten, eaten by what I assume are carp and some huge largemouth in places fish normally will not be on this lake. And I know because I've been there my entire life. 6-8, we catch a turtle because the turtles are going after every cicada that lands. It doesn't matter what body of water you're on. Cicadas are eating every cicada fly that you throw. My client catches a pretty decent sized largemouth and a huge red-eared sunfish, both on cicadas on top. It's pretty rare to catch a red-eared sunfish on top water. Six, nine, we borrow our neighbor's ducks just to help eat some of the cicadas in the backyard and just to watch ducks. I love ducks. These ducks were so fat from eating cicadas, they could not fly and they could not get into the garden. 610, it's been raining. We got a huge rainstorm on the 9th. Now the smell of dead cicadas permeates the air. Anywhere where water collected or it's still damp in the shade, you can smell dead cicadas. 612, we get another largemouth on a cicada fly. Then we catch another red-eared sunfish, and this one is pooping out wings and legs. You can see the picture on YouTube. 614, a client kid finds a white-eyed cicada. The cicadas now are getting a little more quiet. They're only in specific trees, which is, I think, oaks and the trees that they're laying their eggs in. 616, we start seeing a grass carp cruising along the surface with its fins out. It looks like a shark. It's absolutely five feet long, if not shorter or larger. It eats a cicada at the surface. It sounded like a watermelon landed. It was out of casting range. It was incredible. That was pretty much the last day we were really targeting fish with cicadas. 6.20, pretty much quiet. I'm out here today. There's nothing. Yesterday was the 24th. was the last day I saw a cicada. Didn't see any landing on the water today. I don't see any flying. The birds are quiet. The branches are now breaking off and falling to the ground. And now we're going to hear my cicada stories that I've been recording over the last couple of months. So if you want to Tie some cicadas and come out in 17 years, you know where to go. It's going to be Northern Virginia. People have been catching lots of common carp, grass carp, largemouth, smallmouth, whatever. Our success and my success was not that great. Maybe we were fishing the wrong spots, wrong time of day. I don't know. But people were doing it. So go look on TPFR member Instagram pages and look up Cicada Fly on Instagram. I still have several of the size four smaller nymph hook ones for sale. If you need a general buggy cicada or terrestrial for the summer, that's it. And I do now have the green cicada did 
also on Etsy. I am done tying cicadas in black. It was ridiculous how many I tied, how many spools of black thread I went through, how many bottles of super glue, how many packs of rubber legs, and how many bricks of foam for drilling out eyes. Absolutely crazy. I watched 11 and a half seasons of Friends tying cicadas. Thank you for downloading this. Hopefully we get some interviews coming up next. Today is Wednesday, April 28th. It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's all quiet right now. This is a couple of days before the cicadas are expected to emerge. This is going to be my third cicada emergence. I'm rather excited for this. So if you listen around me right now, what you can hear is a couple of birds. It could be Fred from the front yard. There's a chainsaw and some other power tools in the neighborhood. But it's all quiet, and that's going to change within less than a week, I think. I'm super excited for these cicadas. It's something that you don't get to experience too often. There's no more passenger pigeons. We don't get to see mass swarms of locusts. There's no more you know, giant herds of bison and pronghorn. So to be able to see thousands of an organism at the same time flying around, crawling around, it's pretty exciting. For me, at least, I love bugs. I always have. Uh, that's why I do what I do. If it was spiders or slugs or I don't know what else it could be that I don't care for, gizzard chad, I wouldn't be cool with it, but a lot of people are excited around the neighborhood and a lot of people are not. I'm trying to convince those that are not excited that this is a pretty awesome thing that's about to happen to us. So I've been prepping for the cicadas. I knew they were coming and I decided I wanted to tie my own cicada. Now, this is my third time experiencing them and we're gonna be going through this podcast for the next month or so. So the first time, I experienced Brudex periodical cicadas, and we had the largest concentration of them in the world in the DC metro area. I was in fourth grade, so that would have been 1987 or 1988. And I remember riding my bike and then flying into me, and we would ride our bikes with tennis rackets and smack them out of the way, because they would hurt. I don't remember fishing with them or using them to fish with. I'm sure I threw some in the water, and I'm sure I watched them in the water. And that was sort of it. I remember going to the principal's office because I filled up my lunch bag with cicadas during lunch or recess. And I threw them in the girls' bathroom at Sunrise Valley Elementary School. And they all got out of the bag and flew around. That was hilarious to me, but not so hilarious to the teachers and the faculty and the, the lady students I grew up with. And then 17 years later was 2004. I just began my teaching career as a high school biology teacher. And I would take my students around the property of the school looking for them emerging. And nothing really was happening. And there was a lot of hype. In fourth grade, there was not much hype. I just remember the bugs coming out. We had four TV stations. I'm sure the Washington Post had an article. But other than that, there really was nothing. Huge amount of information, probably because of the internet and just more information shareable in 2004. And my students started bringing in mason jars and Ziploc bags just full of the nymphs that had crawled out. They could have brought in one or two I would have been cool with. Most of them ended up dying in the classrooms or on the way to school. So we would dump them just right outside the window. I don't remember fishing for them. I don't remember tying flies for them at the time. I remember I would shad fish on my way home from school from teaching, but I, I wasn't really looking for still waters, carp, bass, whatever, on cicada patterns. And we were also looking for house at the time. So I remember looking with our realtor and they were everywhere. I remember I was at the 7-Eleven across from Lomans Plaza, Route 50. Great Bon Me place right there. So it was across from DC Bon Me. And I went in to get a Slurpee and a cicada flew in the Honda. And the wife absolutely freaked out. She's definitely not cool with them coming back. So I decided this year... I was going to tie flies for them, and I'm going to guide for them, and I want to fish for them myself. And I wanted to come up with a novel cicada pattern, and I think I'm a creative person and a creative fly tire and a problem solver. So I set out in February. I must have been pretty sick when I wrote these notes, uh, but I have things in my notebook here, as I do when I'm trying to come up with a new cicada. Uh, these notes are from 2221. So that's probably before I, I was before I got diagnosed with a nasopharyngeal tumor in my head. So I probably couldn't breathe and had a bad headache when this was going on. 
So size four hook is what I came up with. Uh, foam body, super glue. Uh, I have Predator Wrap by Senyo, Crystal Flash for orange, orange nylon, orange rubber legs, orange scrub yard, uh, red two millimeter foam. I have eyes, legs, wings, and venation ideas. My notes have uh, two millimeter foam eyes, Predator Wrap in the wings, pseudo nylon hair in the wings, and silly legs for the legs. And when I set out to create this pattern, it is not a direct representation of a cicada. I don't want this thing to have the segmentation of the body accurate. I didn't want it to have accurate eyes. I didn't want accurate wings. I didn't want an accurate leg segmentation. I want to have a struggling cicada floating on the water as an easy meal item. And it's all based off of a YouTube video that's rather dodgy of a cicada in water and watching it flutter. And that's what I drew here is a I have two inch long for the body and just some, some doodles here. So when I sat down to tie my cicada, in March is when I think I finally sat down and seriously tied them. And all of the samples or first rounds were all sold. So I don't have any of the original ones. I just have what it looks like now. And I might change the name of this to the, the bow tie cicada just because of the way the wings set. Snow white cicada sounds cool, but bow tie is a little more clever. So I needed to figure out what I was gonna make this out of. And I decided I was gonna use 1 8 inch black Ebizote foam. I needed super glue to secure the foam to the hook so it doesn't rotate. And then I decided black 210 denier thread. And there's a lot of orange in these insects. And I didn't want it to be a winged back or wings in the air. I wanted it splayed wings out to the side as if it fell in the water. So I decided after a while, trial and error, uh, late nights just sitting in bed or at the vice, I decided to use uh, synthetic clouser hair for the wings and that didn't work. And then I went to my Garfly material and then I had to figure out a way to produce all this stuff in mass. So I had to figure out how to make a lot of wing material because if you buy this stuff packaged, you're paying like $4 a pack. And that's only going to tie me seven or eight flies. And then I had to figure out the segmentation for the body and how to make it orange. And I thought about several things I could use, be it crystal flash, orange chenille, uh, orange silicone. I could use rubber legs. Lots of things I could use. It could be white string that I sharpied orange. I ended up going with orange Korean scrub yarn. It's iridescent. It's buggy looking. And the bottom of this fly looks like something a cat threw up or an owl puked up. It's super ugly from below. But again, this fly is going to be sitting in the surface film and it's going to be moving. And they're not focusing on the actual proportions of it. They're focused on getting an easy, quick meal with a lot of protein. So I settled on orange Korean scrub yarn. And then for the leg material, it's pretty simple. Round rubber legs. Uh, for the main legs and then for the sort of accents and the venation of it is clear and black flutter legs which break really easily they get stuck with super glue they're not my favorite for this but they work and they're dense and they'll help this thing flap around on the surface uh, the eyes were sort of the kicker you do not need eyes on a cicada again every plane that flew over us today or every helicopter couldn't tell you what color it was on top i know what it looked like from the bottom and they're not going to see the eyes and they're not going to be looking at the eyes as a uh, search pattern or something to look at to kill. They're not going to swim up and be like, you know what? That doesn't have eyes on it. I'm not eating it. These fish are going to be going crazy and they're not going to be analytical if ever a fish is analytical about what it's going to eat. So I had several things. They're obvious you could use for, for eyes that are just super easy. Uh, I could use glass beads which I have plenty of, or I could use red straight pins, cut them, put them in there, super glue them, put a little black dot on it for pupil. That's the easy, simple way. I don't need to do things the easy, simple way. Plus I am not focused on the eyes really at all. And I wanted to do the creative thing. So I played around with red straws, stirring straws for coffee and drinking straws. I played with red yarn. I used red chenille. I used red vernil, like a San Juan worm. But nothing was really the bulk 
and it didn't really add anything to the fly. It was just decoration. Uh, I tried red two millimeter foam. That was pretty cool. Cut into match strips or julienne and tied in. They just weren't round. But the foam is where I started going because that is buoyant and it's gonna help it float. Uh, I also played with Spike Easy or Spike Ease. Silicone, great. Looked real, little narrow. So then I found some thicker stuff online which didn't work. Then I thought about maybe Rainy's float foam which I use for my frogs. It only comes in black, orange, and white. So I could use the orange and Sharpie at red, but that's 24 inches at $6. Not very economical. And then I looked at red parachute posts and I decided, you know what? I'm gonna use red parachute posts. They're round, they're about the right diameter. They're gonna stick out to the side, not the front of the bug, but who cares? So I decided to go with the hairline up Avon red dense foam and the booby foam post drill bit cutter, the three millimeter size. And for the wings, I'm using white and orange garn. I came up with my own material recently for gar flies. And this stuff just happens to work absolutely perfect. It's economical, it's not too expensive, it's durable and it looks really good. And when I tied what I thought was the final product and threw it in the aquarium, it looked real. So now I've got these. I've been selling them on Etsy for about two months right now and I have sold almost 800, I think. And I just started my eight or 900 pack of hooks this week. And that's all I'm gonna tie. When I'm done with them, I'm done, man. I'm spending hours a day. And I've been watching Friends while I've been doing it. First on TBS, and then it just came to a commercial break. I said, you know what? We got HBO Max. So I started with season three, which is sort of where I left off in college. And uh, realizing that Joey is my sandwich brother from another mother. And that I need to hang out with Joey Tribbiani some more and have some sandwiches. So I've been uh, watching Friends. I'm up to season nine now. And I'm pretty excited. In about three or four days, these cicadas are going to emerge. I'm going to start selling these flies like crazy. I dropped off 60 of them to Orvis in Arlington. And I'm just going to be prepared. I'm going to catch a shad, a hickory shad on one of these. I'm going to sink it and strip it fast. So the next couple of weeks, we're going to taper down from the tide waters and start focusing on still waters. And we're going to start booking trips. And if you've listened to the last podcast, you already know that I've been cutting back on my guiding. So uh, we'll see where things go in the future. So if you want to book a trip, if you want shad flies, you know where to find me, robsnowwhite.com. And that is the end of part one of the Brood X Cicada podcast. It's 9.50 p.m. on the 6th or 7th. What day is today? It's almost 10 o'clock on Thursday, the 6th of May. Then I'm out here and I finally found some cicadas coming out. I found a whole bunch of their shells today along the house, pulling weeds. And I came out and figured I'm not seeing them during the daytime, so I'm going to come out at night. And sure enough, they're coming out. So I'm going to put these in the carport and hopefully they'll hatch in there and we can play with them in the morning. It's going to be really cool the next week. It's not going to get above 70. There's a lot of slugs out here. So I doubt the cicadas are going to get too crazy, but we're going to see how it goes. It's... It's about 12.30 on May 20th. Today's gonna be the first day I go out and try and catch a fish on these cicadas. It's absolutely crazy. I don't know if you can hear them right now, but my entire neighborhood is covered with them. The entire road just looks like squished little balls of peanut butter. There's guts, wings, heads, and they're starting to fly now that the weather's gonna be near 80 degrees today. They've been sort of just hanging out on branches for the last week, and now they're calling. So I'm taking a break from tying. I've got a couple hours before I got to pick the kid up at school. And I'm at one of the local, somewhat neighborhood impoundments. And I'm gonna walk around the shorelines and I don't see any flying into the water maybe, but I'm sure some of them do. And I'm gonna have a fly to represent that. So be it largemouth, bluegill or snakehead, let's see what might want to eat a cicada. I've been tying these things for three months now. You'd think it's, Time I actually go and fish one. 
So the first two snakeheads, they couldn't care less about my cicada fly. I'm walking around the shoreline and there's some bluegills. That's about it. Most of the fish are on their nests or in shade. They're pretty small. I'm pretty much just walking, looking for snakeheads or a large bass that's not on a nest. And I don't know if you can hear right now. The cicadas, it's uh, 3.15. Going to pick the kid up. It's crazy out here. So I walk around and there's one large mouth that comes out of some weeds, comes up to it, opens his mouth, turns away at the last second, was just like, nah. So the water here, it hasn't rained in two and a half, three weeks now, maybe. Everything is just low, hot, and gross. And there's a lot of pollen and scum and floral parts. Pretty much anywhere where the wind is going to blow. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com So I keep walking and fishing, and I am not finding anything. I go to a spot where I saw a little snakehead last time, and that fish was not there. And then I'm walking and walking, and there's a largemouth bass right on the shore, and he's obviously guarding a nest. So I stand and watch him, and that's pretty damn cool that this fish is swimming in circles, just guarding what was like a queen-sized mattress bed-sized piece of ground and any little bluegill or fish that got in there he would chase them off walk about another 20 yards and i now i'm just holding my fly waiting to see something sight casting it's my only game today and i get finally around a bend and i see what i think is a grass carp i'm like sweet so the water's pretty murky because it hasn't rained you see these big shoulders and it's dark color so i throw the fly out there and the fish kind of pauses keeps going I'm thinking, man, that was pretty cool. I go to cast again and I realize it's a gigantic northern snakehead. And this fish now is just cruising under the surface like a grass carp about 10 feet off of shore and just cruising gingerly, having a good time. So I run ahead, get between a gap in the plants and the trees, lay a cast out, and the fish swims by, slows down, kind of looks at it, keeps going. This goes on several times. Meanwhile, I am basically running, looking at the fish in the water, not paying attention, and I am hooking into trees front and back. I almost roll my ankle wearing flip-flops. And finally, you know, this fish is somewhat turning and looking. Finally, after three or four times of this, I finally get the fish to completely stop. You can see its pec fins kind of moving. It's holding its position and it's looking at the fly. It is inspecting it, getting a good look. Swims up to it, bubbles come out of its mouth, it bumps it with its lower lip, backs up, goes a little deeper and swims off around it. And I almost had a heart attack. That fact that a snakehead of that size stopped, inspected the cicada fly that I've been tying and working on for months and almost ate it. I was just waiting for that thing to open its mouth and for that fly to get slurped in and set the hook. With a nine foot five weight, it would have been awesome. And that was it for my afternoon of trying to catch something with a snakehead. I think I've got a client tomorrow and we're gonna try for something down at Chain Bridge. Again, it's been hot and dry. So I don't know if we'll get into shatter stripers, but I definitely think we can target some monster catfish using the 350 grain so that's it for this part of the third or fourth week of the cicada cast and yeah man it's just crazy out here every day you think you've seen enough of them and they still come out by the hundreds every morning on the lawn and the birds just there's so much bird activity i had a telemed today in the back porch and i had to go inside because it was just too loud there goes one flying by me now. It just hit a tree and fell off. They're clumsy. There goes another one. I'm at the back of the school. All right, signing off.
It's about 3.30 on June the 3rd. It's really loud out here. Painfully, it's kind of hard to talk with this much sound. And the decibels are about 98 right now on my phone. And I'm under the cherry tree. It's about to monsoon out here. I decided not to go fishing today. I'm going to save up all my eggs and go out on the boat on Saturday morning on Burke Lake. It's remarkable just how loud it is out here. I was talking to my brother and there was an echo in here. There are probably a thousand plus cicadas in this tree. It looks like a beehive that somebody shot a bottle rocket at. And I know what that looks like because I've done it before as a kid. So don't do that, kids. So after tonight's rain, I doubt fishing will be good tomorrow. We'll probably get four to five inches tonight. It's good for the garden, though. It's about 8.15 on June 6th. It's going to be 94 degrees today on Sunday, and I'm headed to Burke Lake to float around and dead drift and twitch some cicadas and see if we can get carp or snakehead or something big. That has been the goal the last week with the cicadas. Uh, they are sort of annoying now after the rains. All you smell outside in certain spots are just rotting cicada carcasses. There are cicadas alive on everything. There are cicadas dead on everything. The sound at the pool yesterday on Saturday around the trees was pretty much unbearable. They're pissing everywhere as they're attaching their mouth parts to the phloem of the trees and sucking up the sugar water and squirting out excess water because of the concentration of sugars. And it's really uncomfortable to be around the pool. I think the older folks like Scotty and his friends can sit under there because they're older and maybe their ears don't hear as well, especially Scotty. The life that dude's lived, he probably can't hear anything. And I got up a little early today. I'm rolling out just me, solo. It's going to be fun. I've got a whole bunch of water packed. I've got a couple of cicadas. I've got a shooting head lined up just so I can do some roll casts. And we're going to hang out here for a couple of days till it gets hot. Then I'm going to go home, mow the lawn, head to the pool for the day. And we've got some leftover Traeger wings. So this is going to be a fun afternoon, fun morning. We'll see where things go. I'm passing the lake right now. These are the shallow flats where the carp will be. There's some geese in there. And honestly, I really don't want to be this far down the lake. This lake is enormous. I don't want to have to row all the way back, depending on where the wind's going to blow me. It's about 9.30, and the lake is crazy busy. Almost every single spot in the angler's parking lot was filled up with non-angler cars. There's gapers walking today. And of course, there's people putting their kayaks in, just making a mess of the ramp. Uh, just there's some ramp courtesy that just doesn't go on where you just dump all your kayak stuff in front of the ramp and then put it all together. You got to do that in a parking lot and then bring your kayak down when you're ready to launch. It's really hot out here and, and I've got the trolling motor going. I'm going to go to the other end of the lake. So for those who haven't listened to other podcasts, Burke Lake in Northern Virginia is the original site of Dulles Airport. So it was excavated, cleared and dug out and they just didn't go along with it. So this is basically a runway length lake man-made and it's stocked with walleye catfish muskie largemouth gizzard shad who knows what else and then people have dumped snakeheads in here so you really never know what you're going to get if you're going to get anything and i just fished maybe a three-quarter of a mile long shoreline in the shade and got nothing but hits from small bluegill. There's cicada parts. I just passed a wing out on the lake. There's cicadas everywhere. A couple just seem to disappear. But nothing's really hitting them around here. There's some bubbles. So I'm going to go across the lake down to the flats and see if I can find something maybe patrolling in the shallows. These elusive carp that people say eat cicadas. There's tons of anglers out here. And I haven't seen anyone hook up to anything yet, but I'm trying to keep my distance from others and just have a nice, quiet day. So it's 9.30. Let's check in in about an hour. It's 11.15, and I'm off the water. I'm almost home. 
used up most of the power on the trolling motor going down the lake so I had to row most of the way back and there's cicadas just everywhere big hawks flying in front of me now and I was very curious about the geese the geese are spread out throughout the entire lake not in groups individuals you could almost make a mathematical calculation based on the distance between each one they are almost spaced evenly like the five black spots on a dice or the way dudes would be at a urinal station there were out there they were out there to eat the cicadas well there's a Saab 900 turbo when was the last time I saw one of those so the geese were out there fighting each other off in these sort of decided quadrants where they were patrolling and as soon as the cicada would land they would swim over and eat it there were fish grabbing cicadas around the lake the biggest splash I heard happened to be right next to the boat when I was cruising at full speed with the trolling motor. And I threw out in the middle, I threw along the island, I threw in the shade, I threw along structure. Nothing but a couple little bluegills, so I decided to call it. I'm going to go mow the back lawn, make something for lunch, and head down to the pool for the rest of the day, and maybe head over to the local lake on foot this evening. I think the plan tomorrow is to meet Art and his daughter on one of the local lakes. I think we're going to do it on foot just to not have to schlep the boat around. And then we're going to go hit up 7-Eleven and get some Slurpees. Art's got quite the sweet tooth. So he's probably going to want to get some nerd's rope or something. So that's it for today. I'm still using the same fly. I've been fishing for three outings now. They're an absolutely brilliantly fishable pattern. I'm getting materials and other colors to start making these look more like your dog day cicadas if you just need a generalistic topwater bug for this summer you really might want to take a look at the cicadas if i still have them for sale on etsy they are remarkable they do not sink they're durable and they just look incredibly buggy and when the cicadas are in the water their feet are moving a lot and there's a lot of motion with the wings splayed out and that is exactly what my pattern looks like so i'm about to pull into rutherford now I'm going over the creek where the bear was spotted last Friday. And now I'm going to make a left on to Brayburn. And to the right is where Crispy Candles grew up. Just, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile down to the right, if you know who Crispy Candles is. It's a little after 5 o'clock today. And I have just got my flip-flops on and my day pack. And I'm walking the shorelines of my local lake. Still got my eight weight, my shooting head, my same leader from last week. Bluegills are going crazy. Doesn't matter if I'm in a foot of water or in a couple inches, they are attacking this fly. I just want to catch something big. And when I say big, I mean like three, four pounds. Something that that's just gonna make me just over the moon. So I'm gonna keep walking, I'm gonna keep sight casting. And let's see if I can't have some fun out here this evening. I already was down at the pool for a couple hours. And then I went home and tied about 16 cicadas to restock the boxes. I had a cold can of Coke and changed my shirt. Now I'm out here. I just caught a tree, so I'm going to hang up. You don't get paid to catch fish. All right, so it's Monday, the 7th of June. And what was significant about today with school? Uh, instead of... Uh boring class we had instead we had a we made a memory book did you make a memorial book about cicadas they're peeing on us right now where above us Ew. all right so what are we doing today where are we uh i don't know where we are what lake are we gonna fish what, what cicada lake. why is this lake important to our family i don't know who grew up fishing here did I fish the cicadas when I was your age? Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't know about fly fish. Oh, there's a dead bird. Yuck. Right there on the ground. Ugh. Gross. All right, so what do you want to catch today? What's your goal? Two fish. What kind of fish? Crusty, musty fish. All right. You want to come back tomorrow and try it for carp? Yeah. All right. It's too bad you... I have school. And then I have Miss Renee's. Oh, all right. Well... I'm coming back with the boat. I'm going to try and catch a grass carp. Billy. All right, then. Say goodbye. Bye, sister. Good afternoon. It's Saturday, the 12th of June. 
It's been very rainy the last several days. It was 62 degrees this morning. I had a client this morning and I got there a little early. He was a little late, so I ran off and caught three largemouth, two on cicadas, one on a worm. We fished for a couple hours. He lost a whopper on the little pink worm. And then we finished up. I ran over to my old lacrosse coach's house. He passed away last year and I inherited a bunch of his classic trout books. And now I'm fishing office parks out and about near my dad's house. I'm along the Dulles Access Road so it might get a little loud. And I'm gonna fish. I just fished two parks and nothing. Lots and lots of tadpoles and frogs. So I'm gonna try this third and last spot and then I'm gonna go to Wawa, get a hoagie and a huge Coke. I haven't had a Coke yet today. Then I'm gonna roll to the pool and I might start reading a modern dry fly code. I finally got my hands on it. I'm pretty stoked. So here's a pond that I've been driving past my entire life and I've just never fished. Uh, frogs, cars, smells out here. And there are cicadas on the water. I don't see anything happening. So I'm gonna walk around this. Oh, there's more tadpoles in here and turtles. It's not looking good, kids. I'll see how I do, and I think my highlight is gonna be my sandwich at the end of the afternoon. It's now 12.51, that sucked. Didn't take me long to realize this is not gonna be a fishable option. Nothing there, nothing moving, a lot of frogs, a lot of snapping turtles. I'm gonna now go to one last spot. It's the pond I used to fish in high school when all my buddies would be playing volleyball after school. There's a sand volleyball pit next to a Chinese restaurant that used to be a Russian restaurant. So it had Russian decor and furniture. We'd go there after school and get takeout and people would play volleyball and I would fish. I'm gonna go there. It's the same street I'm on and it's the same street that'll take me to Wawa. So it's rather convenient. Signing off now after not seeing any fish in this spot. This little pond is covered in cicadas. Nothing's eating them, nothing's chasing my flies. I'm done wasting my time trying to catch a big fish on a cicada for the day. It's, uh, it's one o'clock, I got an empty belly. I'm sweating because I was wearing lots of layers because it was cold this morning and I need to get out of here. It's about noon on the 15th of June. I'm on the back porch next to a tree that was painful to stand next to a week or so ago and take a listen now. Now it's a little chilly out today. We had a massive storm coming through last night, but the bugs are definitely tapering off. We were out on a lake yesterday, fishing worms beneath cicadas. Got a couple tugs on top, but I think everything was on the bottom flies. There's definitely fewer cicadas on the water. There's definitely fewer of them flying around. It's quieter. Birds don't seem to be chasing them around as much. Looks like things are pretty much tapering off. I can see a couple in this tree, but nothing's making noise. And we're almost back to a normal summer with no cicadas around. And then we have to just wait for the regular dog day cicadas to start coming out. I've got everything now to make green cicadas. So I will have my cicadae did up on Etsy as soon as I get a chance to start tying those. I'm kind of done going after some big fish. It's been several days of chasing stuff. I'm just going to go fish now. And if I catch a big one, awesome. I'm not really going to try anymore for something huge on the cicada. Didn't really pan out for me. Maybe that pressure again is what caused it. So we'll see. I'm going to go continue storyboarding a podcast right now that is super nerdy even by my standards. T-G-I-F. It's almost 11.30 on the 18th of June. I'm on my way with the boat. We're going to go fish at Tidal Creek. It hasn't rained since that crazy storm on Monday night. The water's crystal clear. And the cicadas are pretty much done. You can see the tree branches are turning brown where the females laid their eggs. And there's dead body parts and wings everywhere. and Dead cicadas in the boat and on the car, on the ground. I haven't seen a single one flying today. I've not heard a single one. They say that trout have a two-week memory of a hatch and can remember something up to two weeks later that was about and will still feed on them. 
So maybe we might find a fish today up in the creek that is willing to eat a cicada fly, but probably not. So we're either going to fish cicadas or poppers, and then we're going to do little black woolly buggers. But yeah, it's pretty much done. So it's been crazy. And we had a rather large, large mouth bite a cicada twice the other day with one of my clients. And that was about it. Everything else we caught on droppers. Yesterday, we were down at Mount Vernon fishing gars, stripers, and catfish. Saw one or two cicadas. My client drove down from around Hazleton, PA. And he said that there were more dead cicadas around here than he had seen up north. And that there were more cicadas flying around here than he had seen up north. So it was quite the epic year of the Brood X 17-year cicada. And we are donezo. This may be the last episode. I don't know. Um, all we got yesterday were stripers and red breast and bluegill. Don't know if anything was on top other than a Chernobyl ant. But it's been fun. And I shall see what happens in 17 years. But for now, I am on my way to Ronald's place to get myself a very large Coke because it's hot out today. And uh, I want some hydration before I, I do three hours of rowing in uh, six mile per hour wind. Traffic is horrendous. There was an accident on 95, so I'm in a bunch of traffic. So I'm going to have to maybe get two large Cokes because I'm going to be stuck here and thirsty for a while. So that's it. I'm going to go put some clients and their kid on some fish, hopefully. And what's really weird this week is all the moms reaching out for Father's Day. I am discombobulated with the emails and phone calls from women. I'm getting them all confused. But we're getting the gift cards out. We should have some dads on the water in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.